You're listening to the Driven by Design Now Awards podcast. I'm Mark Bergen, the founder of Driven by Design, and joining me is Kirsten Mann. Hey, Mark. How's it going? Well, fantastic, Kirsten. So great to be here in the Aconex Oracle office. Great that we're here. Good to have you here. I know it is. (laughs) So, listeners, this is now Award 7. It's uh, great to go. So we've we've got some very interesting projects here. They really, when you look at them separately it's hard to kind of see the link initially isn't it right (laughs) kind of like how did all of these fit together okay so what what we're going to do is when we when we're doing our pre-discussion we wound up saying so there's actually enjoyment involved here then we wind up going on a little bit of a journey into into um uh, hoping and praying to christ god God, yeah then we wind up actually getting a life uh, a life-threatening disease we wind up going to a crematorium and then we wind up actually being a pot plant that chases the sun. Today we're taking you on a journey. That you, you, we'll it, will all, it will all make sense by the end of it. I think what we are going to see is the extraordinary power of design. And the first one that shows that really is this Pepsi ad. Now, when you think about a Pepsi ad, what, what you look at this and you say they've really gone and taken the ability to steal your imagination, haven't they? Like, so the bit of background and, and you being a soccer fan and me not, or football to the, the broader masses, um, that they had, so I understand that Coca-Cola were actually the sponsors for this event. Oh, well, actually, let's, let's find that Coca-Cola tried to own soccer. Pepsi have come in with the European Champions League and what they've done is they've got to own our imagination. Mm. And I think that's great because we'll all remember it wasn't that long ago that we groaned at Pepsi maybe taking a... You know, it's, it was like you thought you were going to the party and you had a, a great outfit on. You got to the party and everyone went, really? Ooh. You're wearing that? <laughs> so, so it's great to see that Pepsi have actually got back to listening to their audience, working with them and expressing their brand in a joyous and extraordinary way. Well, and it also shows the principles of really good communication design where you have to know your audience and then you actually appeal to that audience, right? And so what they've done here is they've created this campaign system, a branding system, where they've really linked all of these elements together. It doesn't look cheesy. It is very targeted to their audience, like the the football guys in this case. It's probably not going to be my kind of thing. Um, But they've really done a great job of identifying what will resonate with their audience here. And importantly, they didn't do tokenism of females. They integrated some amazing mm. female uh, players to go and actually show their skills in there. And that unifying of a football being both something that men and women are engaged in at an elite level is great to go see. So they're good ads to go watch on the site, but I think ultimately it's it's that providing joy and it's made something come to life, which is really hard. Like It's not an easy thing to do. And I think the other thing that's in... in interesting with this is that we know that you can overindulge in football mm-hmm. and you can overindulge in, in soda pop as well and so i think what they've got here is have it have it sweet have it fantastic make it enjoyable and then get on with the rest of your life you should go to marketing <laughs> <laughs> mix one up this when i saw this i actually this was going to be my favorite so thing initially called? this is called the digital bell bag so what these guys have done is they've gone and applied design and system design techniques 
We've seen a societal change kick in place, right? Where what did you used to do on a Sunday? Or some people, I never did, go to church. The collection bag was held around. People would have their spare cash. I can't believe you went through church. (laughs) Let's let's not go there. But, you know, well, okay, I went a couple of times. But the bag was held around. People had, you know, their loose change. It would go in the bag. But we've become a cashless society. So what's happened? There's no loose change for the collection bag. Yeah, and I think we... What's interesting here is it's applied design, applied technology. It's dealing with the human desire to participate, mm-hmm. but actually being disenfranchised because of the change that you had because of a cashless society. Yeah. And what's fantastic is they've obviously gone and researched and said, what are the historical reasons the bag looks the way it does? They've picked up on those. They've applied technology. I think you were saying it's FinTech that's been God's approval. <laughs> this, this is God tech, you know. <laughs> and, and <laughs> we haven't heard that before. But really, it is extraordinary. Check this one out because I couldn't believe it. I thought, gee, that is very clever. Yeah. So then let's move along now to the next project, which is Liverwell. And that isn't a pun. Well, actually, this is a pretty. Sh- of, yeah. it, is a, it is a huge pun. Um, it isn't a joke. Um, liver disease, which is normally comes through hepatitis, is debilitating for people, but it's also something which is a transmissible disease. And as a transmissible disease, it means that uh, people there's um, a societal issues, mm. there's stigmas. There's also that it actually goes through episodes. Right. And so as against something like having a chronic disease like diabetes, where it's actually a controlling process mm-hmm. and you still have to have daily monitoring, the people who have hepatitis will actually go through episodes which actually break out, that changes, and they're having symptoms. So you need like lots of information to manage this, This basically. is an active disease. Right. And, uh, and what's happened here is that these people have said, well, let's, make, let's put some empowerment in people's hands Let's go use it for scheduling, information sharing, community building, because there's often a lot of community self-help that's in there. So it's basically like design in this case is being used to not only communicate and support, but it's really helping people in this condition that would otherwise be something you wouldn't be talking about. And this particular project here from Hepatitis Victoria, it actually demanded us, uh, we, we dug in and we tried to investigate where this came from. And Hepatitis Victoria is a non-profit community organisation, but we found out that they're over 90% funded by, by the government. And this is an area where government is actually helping people without it being directly coming, coming out of a government service. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I think that's really interesting that we redefine our understanding of government, community services, public services, because most people who are in community and public services get a large chunk of their funding from government, and sometimes we don't recognise that. Mm. Different different um, areas of the world that you'll see that people talk of, we want small government. I actually think you're seeing government being used really well here, where it's actually providing community support layers without it necessarily being a government organisation. Mm. I think it's a fantastic example. And I, from, you know, coping with um, a lifelong disease to the end of that, which is rethinking funerals. And this is a funeral ceremony centre. Now, you see this and you almost, let's face, let's face it, we had God earlier. You'd be keen to see God at this point in time, right? Because yeah. to go and check out this funeral, I just thought, I thought, 
This is amazing. And the background story was really interesting too. In all honesty, it's, it is amazing. Like, so an architect basically died was the background for yep. this. And these other architects said, we can't have this amazing guy going to some depressing funeral home. We have to redesign funeral homes. Could you imagine if, you, if, you've, if you've been the antithesis of beige all your life and you wind up having you and all of your friends who respect you in a beige you know, funeral parlour with the beige internment room and you're going, no, there's got to be more. So, and so if I die, by the way, can you do something like this for me as well? Because this is now my new expectation of where I'm going. Well, Kirsten, there's something that I'll take it from an if and I'll give you a when, okay? So, so yeah, not a problem. I'll, I'll help you here. So we'll see if we can go get you in something that actually even a designer would be proud to but actually see, be into. Just, just the, I think this is... Going on the site and looking at the photos of this is worth worthwhile because just in terms of the layout, I've never seen a funeral home like this. And it's really an example of style going the full life cycle, right? You know, and, and many, many moons ago, I was a DJ. And as a DJ, you, oh, wow. you always do weddings and they come up somewhere. You know, you spend too much money, you need another booking. You're not proud about doing them, but we've all done them. And I used to be fascinated at things such as the bridal waltz was going to be U2's I still haven't found what I'm looking for. <laughs> Twisty irony here. Or yeah. one, which is, you know, about people who yeah. can't get on yeah. with each other. So I wonder when funerals will be usurped at this venue yeah. and actually becomes a wedding venue. It's, look, it's a beautiful space for people who are trying to be solemn and actually be in a joyous environment. I think they've it's done a, a celebrate. It would be a celebration of it's life. It's a celebration of life and death. Yeah, there definitely. We and I, we're coming home on the home run now, right? Well, now, this is Hexa, the sun-chasing robot. Okay. I, I don't want, before we get into Hexa, I need to ask you about one of the biggest challenges in our society, which is how do we excite the imagination of young girls mm -hmm. that the idea of design and STEM is something that they should be engaging in? It is. Well, and this is the thing, right? Like, it's tough if it's kind of boring and, you know, mechanical. And there's, we've seen, there's some interesting attempts now on this where Minecraft is coming out and they're, they're doing programming for that. Um, you've seen things like Lego. That's, they've gone mechanical Lego and that's had been a fantastic success. I could see, the minute I saw this and we were looking at the background, I thought, this is fantastic. And because what these guys have done is you don't normally associate AI and robots with being cute, right? Like, but this I, th is I think that people go the extra mile to make sure they're not. Yeah, cute, and this is, okay, this is the bit of a caveat. It is creepy cute because, and again, you need to, this is one of the ones where you need to go to the site where it's like, you see this kind of, it's almost a bit like a spider, but then it's got cute little um, mechanisms. Like if you rub it, its legs come out in certain ways. But it's essentially a walking kind of pop plant thing, right? And in all honesty, I actually need this in my house because I am terrible with plants and I'm convinced it's because they don't get enough sun during the day. So what this does is it senses where the sun is and it walks the pop plant to the sun. So what's really important is that this environment, the hexa environment, also has an authoring language with it. So it means that if you were a diligent plant owner, 
you could work out which which of your hexa robots would go into the shade mm. and which hexa robots would actually follow the sun. But can you imagine kids getting into this and just programming them to do all crazy stuff? But that's okay, right? It's a fascination thing. There. I think at the moment we're seeing a plant on it. I can see somebody teaching their cat to sit on yeah. it and the hexa <laughs> robot just walking the cat. It's, it has to happen. It is fabulous. It really is. And it's. I think it's a not only a sense of um, you know amazing technology, but wonderment. This would this would actually get people's imagination exactly as you said. Whether it be cats, <laughs> you're going to program this thing to walk around your cat. It's still going to get kids connected with technology in a different way. And I think not just young boys, girls would be really interested and fascinated with something like this. I'd probably go the other way. I think this is actually something that will engage the female mind more. And some young boys might like it as right. well. And, and, and that's great. Yeah. And, and I think that, you know, we, I know we don't want to be gender normative, but it's actually how do you get somebody who actually wants to nurture and build mm. something up? The perfect robot that you can actually program yourself. It's, it's pretty gorgeous. And I suppose you could actually put some stickers on it and make it look ugly <laughs> if, you, if you needed to do that as well. So, it, look, it's a fantastic project. But what is really interesting is these five projects, which are our five most extraordinary, there's also another 20 projects that we've, uh, that we've awarded with the Now Award this month, and they're far less cute, far less whimsical, and there's a lot of projects that actually solve some tremendous human, human problems. So, listeners, do take a look at the site. Look at all of the projects and then make sure you actually pass this on to others where you can turn around and actually say, here's some examples of what might be the new status quo. Maybe we need to catch up because the consistent message that's coming through with design is that we're all on an expedition and some expeditions are a little bit further ahead than others. Mm -hmm. Let's hope that you're the forward expedition, not the trailing exhibit. And if you're not, it's about aspiration, right? That's it. That's it. So thank you very much for your time, Kirsten. No, thank you for having me. Listeners, thank you. And as I always say, be driven by design.